Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 324. Today is April 19th, 2021. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, the marketplace continues to either put in record highs or hover around those highs. I want to talk to you about that today, uh, do a market update of sorts, but I also want to do it in the guise of investor psychology and particularly around a message that I think many of you in this audience need to hear, and that's about missing opportunity and specifically why you keep missing opportunities in the stock market because of your pessimism. This is a major topic that's not only timely, but like I say, really relevant to people in this audience. You know, for the last, I don't know, six, seven years that I've been doing this podcast, I'm constantly hearing from people that are fearful, people that are pessimistic. They're worried about the next crash. They're worried about an economic collapse. They're worried about the U.S. dollar losing reserve currency status. Or they're worried about inflation. Or they're worried about some political issue. The amount of things that people are worried about is unending. And I'm not here to tell you that you should never worry, nor am I going to say that I look at the world through rose-colored glasses where I think everything's great. I understand that there are plenty of problems around. But what you also have to understand, and this is a key way that I've built my wealth over the years, is that these things that you may perceive as problems or as a crisis Those are the exact times that you want to buy because there's where the opportunity is. Now, I didn't always know that. I haven't always been as optimistic as I am now. But over the last, you know, 36 years of trading, I've learned that you rarely make money by being pessimistic. Yeah, I used to be worried about all the things that many of you are. I remember when I was still, you know, very young and inexperienced at investing in the early 1980s. I was worried about an economic collapse and a major devaluation of the U.S. currency, and all these other things. And that's because in the late 70s, gold had exploded in price. And then it tapered off and started to drop in the early 80s, but people kept saying, no, it's coming back. Things are worse than they were. Inflation's right around the corner. I bought into all that until I stopped listening to the hype, and I read the data, and I understood the statistics, and I watched for the next 20 years as the price of gold went down At the same time, the people that were calling for a collapse kept getting more hysterical. It's no different today in 2020 than it was back in 1980. In some cases, the exact same talking heads are predicting that collapse is right around the corner. Well, I don't believe it. Yes, I know that markets go into recession. I do my best to get out before those kind of things happen. I do try and time the market. I believe in active trading. But that doesn't mean that I think there's going to be a crisis every week. And for that matter, even though I know that there is a crisis coming at some point in the future, it's not going to be a total economic collapse. That's the farthest thing from my worries. We're in markets that on a regular basis can drop anywhere from 5 to 15%. If you can't take that, you shouldn't be invested in the stock market because that can happen at any time for any reason without any warning. But when you get beyond that, when you start getting into bear markets that are more than 20%, 30%, 35% drop in the market, those happen rarely, and oftentimes they happen with warning. And so you have time to move to cash and prepare to buy the dip. You can do that if you're paying attention. But beyond that, the crashes that are even 40% or better, those are extremely, extremely rare. And in fact, beyond a 50% crash, 
in a major index virtually never happens. And so if you're one of those pessimistic people that's constantly worried about everything falling apart, I got news for you. You're going to be disappointed because it almost never, ever, ever happens. And you're letting your fear and your paranoia hold you back and keep you from investing in the stock market. Whenever you look at things from the perspective of what can go wrong, the way you can mitigate risk and insulate yourself from a lot of the problems is by sticking with high quality stocks. And so when I'm looking at a universe of, say, 7,000 different stocks, the first thing that I screen for and I look at is quality, sound fundamentals. Companies that have a history of being in business, companies that have a reliable business model, companies that have made money in the past and they're likely to keep making money into the future. That's where I'm starting with. I don't care about the headlines. I don't care about the hype. I don't care what they're saying on Reddit or what the people at Robinhood are invested in. I don't care what the talking heads on CNBC are saying. I don't care about the spam email that I get or the pop-up ads that I see on social media. None of that stuff interests me or forms my opinion. I'm fundamentally starting with stocks that are unlikely to totally fall apart. And then from there, I'm looking at opportunities for things that are undervalued. I don't want to pay full retail price for anything, and certainly not for my stocks. And so I'm going to focus my attention on a stock that's maybe down 5% or 10% or maybe even 15 or more percent from its high. So if you're looking at a fundamentally good quality stock and it's down 20%, it's not probably likely to go down 75 Now, that doesn't mean it won't go down 30 doesn't mean it won't go down 40 Yes, you can and will probably see your stock go down at a lower price because you can never know if you're buying it exactly at the bottom. But that doesn't matter. But you don't have to buy exactly at the bottom or sell exactly at the top to make a profit. In fact, I've made my wealth over the last three decades by selling in the middle. I don't always buy at the bottom. I don't always sell at the top. But you can make plenty of money in the middle as long as you're not too fearful and pessimistic to buy in in the first place. And then as long as you're not too greedy and you hold on too long. And that brings us to the investor psychology side of things where things that are holding you back from making profits in the stock market and taking advantage of these opportunities. Biggest percentage of my listeners that are missing opportunities in the stock market It's those of you that are just generally pessimistic. You see bad things always happening right around the corner. And so the reason you keep missing opportunities is you're worried about all these things that are probably likely to not happen at all. Or if they do happen, they're not going to be as bad as you think they're going to be. And they're probably going to create opportunities, not economic collapses. Go back about five or six months ago. You wouldn't believe the paranoia I heard from people on both sides of the political spectrum. You know, from people that were for Trump or against Trump or for Biden or against Biden or whatever political party, they were so worried about the upcoming election and the outcome from the election and then the uncertainty over the election not being resolved and on and on the problems that people create in their own minds are far worse than anything that really happens in reality. Look at the stock market. For the most part, it did not care who won the election. That's why if you go back and see what I did in the fall months, I was at least 50% in cash in most of my accounts. In newer money, I was 100% in cash. 
I was waiting for a second pullback. I knew as we were getting into the flu season and into the winter months that the deaths from COVID and things would skyrocket. There'd be more panic and hysteria. I was really looking for another dip in the stock market to get another opportunity to come in and buy at a lower price. But as we were approaching the November elections, that was not happening. And I had to change my thesis on things and say, well, I'm going to get in ahead of the election. I'm going to ignore the fact that we're not getting a lower price because of COVID hysteria that I'd like to see, but I want to get in ahead of the election because after the election, there isn't going to be election uncertainty. And regardless of who wins, and even if the election is contested for a period of weeks or months, once it's all finally resolved, and again, I, I can't pick exactly when it's going to be resolved or who the winner is going to be or when the bottom is going to be, but I know that at some point that election uncertainty is going to go away. And when it goes away, regardless of whether there's a Republican or a Democrat in the office, the stock market will come to terms with that and the prices are going to go up. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why you saw me jump in with my COVID-90 portfolio, the reopening portfolio. I did that around a couple weeks ahead of the election. It wasn't at the exact bottom of election uncertainty. And since obviously the election wasn't resolved in early November, you know, it still went on for a while. The uncertainty continued. There could have maybe been better buying opportunities, but I didn't know that back in October. I wanted to lock in at a reasonable price. Because I knew based on probability that once there was a president, things would get resolved. And they did. And even if you look at the political drama that took place, and you go back to January 6th, when the protesters stormed the Capitol, if you just looked at the stock market, you would not have even known that any major newsworthy event took place on January 6th. Because on January 7th, the S&P put in a record high, and then on Friday... The next day, January 8th, closing out the week, the S&P put in another high. And that was when our U.S. Capitol was being stormed by protesters just two days before. The market didn't care about any of that. Oh, plenty of people cared. People in the news media cared. Talking heads cared. People all over Facebook and Twitter and social media, they all cared. But the stock market wasn't worried. The prices went up anyways. That's just one example of why you should ignore the emotion, the drama, and the headlines and not personalize things, but look at the underlying market fundamentals. Let me move on and talk about where we're at with this current stock market and the personality of the market. And that's really important because if you want to be a successful investor and you don't want to miss opportunities, you have to put aside and control your own personality and start focusing on the personality of the stock market. Every market has a personality. It's constantly changing. But over a limited period of times, the market will react in certain ways. That's its short-term personality. You can assess risk by looking at the market's personality. And although that won't allow you to predict the future, it'll help you to forecast some short-term movements in the market. Because if the market's personality is to go up, it generally keeps going up. On the other hand, if we're in a recession and the market has a personality where it's going down, it's likely to keep going down. That's why I don't believe in simply buying and holding. I believe in looking at the personality that the stock market is in and then investing accordingly. If it's an upward trend market, then I ride it out. I buy the dips. On the other hand, if I'm concerned about 
a recession, either a long or a short-term recession, then I'm going to be looking at opportunities to sell. I'm going to be moving to cash. I'm going to be keeping my powder dry. And I'm going to be waiting for the personality of that downtrending market to turn around and start moving back up. So as far as the personality of the market that we're in right now, that so many of you have missed, if you pull up a chart of the S&P 500, you'll see its personality almost without fail. Every month for the last three or three and a half months or so, the market goes up, we get some enthusiasm, some fear comes in, we get a 5 to 10% pullback, the S&P maybe drops down to its 50-day moving average, but then you know what? As quickly as the panic came, it goes away and the S&P goes on to hit an all-time record high. What I just described to you has been happening virtually every month this year. We came into this new year with record highs in December, right towards the end of December. The market dropped about 4 or 5%, and then boom, as soon as we got into the new year, early January, S&P put in a record high. And then again, within a week or so, it started to pull back. And by the time we got into mid-January, another record high. And then just like clockwork, when we got into the end of January, the beginning of February, the market dropped down. I think it was 6 or 7%, dropped down to its 50-day moving average, and then immediately started to recover. And by the time you got into mid-February, it was another record high. And then it stumbled again back down to the 50-day moving average that last week or so in February, dropping sharply in early March, hard down below the 50-day moving average. But guess what? Immediately turned around, and by the time you got into mid-March, it put in another record high. By the last week in March, we saw the market going down, back down to the 50-day moving average. And then since then, it's been up into the races and putting in a record high virtually every other day, certainly at least one record high every week since then. And all along, every time we had any little bit of a pullback, the pessimists were coming out of the woodwork, just waiting for a 30 or 40% drop. It never happened. The market barely ever got down to its 50-day moving average. Right now, we're just a percent or so away from a record high in the S&P 500. Will it drop back down to the 50-day moving average before the month is out? Well, I don't know, but if the personality of this market holds up, then it's likely to, dropping down to below 4,000. Will it continue to fall at that point? Well, I don't know, but I doubt it. Again, because of the personality of this market. Those pullbacks are when you want to be buying. And just because in the past few months it stopped at the 50, that doesn't mean it won't drop down to the 100 or unlikely, but it could drop down to the 200-day moving average. Again, I would see that as not a time to panic and sell, but a time to take any available cash and buy into this market because the long-term potential and the long-term personality of this market is going up regardless of what all the gloom and doom talking heads are predicting. There's too much money in this marketplace. The Federal Reserve has put a put, a floor, underneath the zombie companies, not letting them go bankrupt. Virtually any person or any company can get a loan to buy a house or to buy a new business or to fund their existing business operations. And so because of the low interest rates and the high degree of liquidity and all the easy money, this market is going higher. And then when you factor in all the pent-up demand, from the fact that the economy's been pretty much shut down for the last 12 months, well, this reopening trade is just getting started. 
Check out my YouTube channel. A week or so ago, I put up a video where I talked about four stocks which epitomize the reopening trade. That's what the COVID-90 portfolio is all about. Now, we've seen some consolidation and some stumbling with those reopening stocks. There continues to be skepticism of people that aren't going to take the virus. We're continuing to see an outbreak of the virus in limited places in the United States, but still in a lot of places overseas. That's causing longer shutdowns. So some of these stocks that have done so well over the last four months uh, for the reopening trade, they've pulled back a little bit. They've stumbled a little bit since, oh, the last three or four weeks. That's okay. I'm not selling in a panic. I'm doubling down and rebuying those stocks because this virus will be put to an end. The economy will reopen. And all that pent-up demand and demand specifically for services from businesses that will profit by capitalizing on the away-from-home experience. That's what's going to take place as this economy opens up over the next 6 to 12 months and that COVID-90 portfolio, which has done so well up till now, the performance has far exceeded my original expectations and my conviction level now is even higher than it was five months ago. There is a great deal of money that's still sitting on the sidelines that despite the fact that the S&P 500 is you know, at or near a record high. So many people have missed this opportunity. That money is sitting there in bank accounts and in money market funds. And those people will eventually be forced to buy into this market at higher prices. And what's even more encouraging than that is that there's an even larger amount of money that's been dedicated to the bond market into both government and corporate bonds. Those bonds are incredibly overvalued because the rates are so low. That money, likewise, will at some point have to move back into this market and have to buy in at higher prices. Oh, there will come a day of reckoning. Remember, I don't have rose-colored glasses on. I'm not pessimistic. I am very cynical. I know we are leading up to the next bubble, and there will be a burst, and there'll be another 30 or 40 or 50% drop in the market. We'll see another dot-com bubble, or we'll see another 2008 recession or a housing bubble. But all the numbers I look at are indicating that that's some time into the future. It's not happening tomorrow or next week. Not based on my assessment of the data. And so I'm not fearful, nor am I greedy. That's why I own some you know, 137 different stocks. I'm well diversified across many, many different industries. And I'm planning to take further advantage of this reopening economy. And with that, I want to close on... Two final thoughts. The big final point that I want to make on investor psychology is that the most important thing that you can do when it comes to investor psychology is focusing on your own. You can't control the market. You may or may not be able to identify trends or to determine what the market's personality is. You have no control over the overall ups and downs of the market. But what you can control is your own feelings and emotion and personality. So start with that. And whether you're trying to become a better investor or whether you're trying to become an entrepreneur or whether you're pursuing a career or trying to do better in your existing job, initially it's all going to come back to you and your personality and your attitude and the things that you spend your time thinking about. And the good news is, is that you control that. You control all of it. So first and foremost, Start developing yourself, start controlling your emotions, and learn how to have independent thought. 
Once you're mastering that, once you've got that under control, then you're going to find out that opportunities in the world, whether, whether it be career opportunities or opportunities in the stock market, they're going to present themselves and become available to you. And it's not that the world has changed. It's not that the stock market has changed. It's that you're learning to control your own emotions. And then finally, the last thing I really want to emphasize, I remain optimistic about the long-term future of this stock market. If you're following my blog posts over at investablewealth.com, you know you've heard me say that. You probably have heard me reference a chart pattern going back to the mid-1990s to where we saw an incredible you know, four to eight year period. And I think very much we could be in that same type of a trading zone right now. And in coming episodes, I'm going to come back. I'm working on about a five-part series where I'm going to talk about the key underlying trends that are very likely to be moving and driving not only the stock market, but the economy forward for the next two, three, four or more years. In fact, a lot of these underlying trends are going to allow the United States to remain dominant and keep kicking the can down the road for the next generation. Well, hey, all that and more will come in future episodes. Until then, as always, thanks for listening. And until the next time, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.